Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Deuteronomy chapter 1, and if I were to give this a title, it would be, The Lord is in the details. The Lord is in the details. I want to kind of take this phrase back because I've always heard the other way around. The devil is in the details. And what that means is, is it's usually the details that are hard. It's what gets difficult. It's easy to have a big idea. It's hard to plan it, right? But I want to change that and say the Lord is in the details. Because that's what we're going to see today is there are various just kind of housekeeping things. Things that's going to come along as the nation is slowly becoming a nation. It's becoming a people group that is established in an area. There's going to be times when through the different things, there's going to be a, a, a situation you're going to have to deal with here, something you're going to deal with over there. And God wants to always make sure that there is order and justice in the details to make sure that even the details, we know what to do. So the Lord is in the details. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this on YouTube. If you're looking at the podcast, please leave us a five-star review. It really does help us. And I would love to know from you today, are you a detail person or not? I want you to go to our Facebook group, or you can put it in the comments of the YouTube video. And I want to know from you, are you a detail-oriented person? So here's the thing. When you're going on a vacation, are you the one who has to plan every single detail all the way down to what restaurants you're going to eat? Or do you plan the location? And that's about it. <laughs> you get up that morning and go, what are we going to do? Which one of those are you? And I want to know why. Why are you that way? Okay. God is definitely a person that's all about the details. And I'm going to catch you up with what we're doing. And that is that Moses is, he's going to die and he wants to send ahead the new nation with excitement and with joy. And he's cheering them on and he wants to help them to be successful. This is his legacy. These people that are going on ahead, he wants them to be successful. And so he can't go for them, but he can cheer them on. And what he did several chapters ago is he laid down the law again. That's what the book of Deuteronomy means. Deuteronomy means second law. And so he laid down the covenant, the Ten Commandments, and then he started to build this house on top of it. One idea after one foundational principle after another. And now we get to chapter 21 where he is dealing with just some everyday housekeeping things. What happens if... The case of an unsolved murder or marrying someone of a conquered nation or the rights of the firstborn. These are things that matter, but they don't come up for everybody every day. And so God cares about the details. And that's already a great lesson for all of us because many times we forget that, yes, God is the king of the universe. He created everything, but he also cares about you. He cares about that appointment that you've got to keep, that uncomfortable conversation that's coming up. Sometimes we can forget about the fact that God cares about everything that you care about. And that's what I hope you get out of today's chapter, that even the little things, the Lord is in the details. And so if you have your Bibles open to Deuteronomy chapter 1, the more we dig, the more we find. Let's read this together, starting with verse number 1 out of the New Living Translation. Here we go. When you are in the land the Lord your God is giving you, someone may be found murdered in a field, and you don't know who committed the murder. In such a case, your elders and judges must measure the distance from the site of the crime to the nearby towns. When the nearest town has been determined, the town's elders must select from the herd a heifer that has been trained or yoked to a plow. 
He must lead it down the valley that has not been plowed or planted, and then a stream running, and that has a stream running through it. There in the valley, he must break the heifer's neck. Oh, Lord. Then the Levite's uh, priest must step forward. Uh, for the Lord, the God, the Lord your God has chosen them to minister before him and to pronounce blessings in the name of the Lord. They are to decide all legal criminal cases. The elders of the town must wash their hands over the heifers whose neck was broken. Then they must say, our hands did not shed this person's blood, nor did we see it happen. The Lord forgive your people Israel from whom you have redeemed. Do not charge your people with this guilt of murdering an innocent person. Then they will be absolved of the guilt of this person's blood. By following these instructions, you will do what is right in the Lord's sight and will cleanse the guilt of murder from your community. Now, this wasn't intended to be something that happened every time. It was only if it was a situation of an unsolved murder. So even in that, God didn't want guilt to be over someone that it wasn't supposed to be there. Now, there's still this picture of someone has to die to absolve for this sin. Little do they realize yet, but one day the king was going to come who was going to die once for the sins of all. Let's keep going. Verse 10, another God is in the details. Suppose, verse 10, you go out to war against your enemies and the Lord your God hands them over to you and you take some of them as captives. And suppose you see among them, among the captives, a beautiful woman. And you were attracted to her and want to marry her. If this happens, you may take her to your home where she must shave her head, cut her nails, and change her clothes as she was wearing when she was captured. She will stay in your home, but let her mourn for her father and mother for a full month. Then you may marry her, and you will be her husband, and she will be your wife. But if you marry her and she does not please you, you must let her go free. You may not sell her or treat her as a slave, for you have humiliated her. That is powerful. Because imagine this. If in a, in a, in a paganistic culture, and there's, there's all kinds of archaeological evidence of this. In a paganistic culture, the women were considered property. They could do whatever they wanted to do. They could abuse them. They could kill them. They could do whatever. God says, oh, no, no, no. These people have worth, dignity, and value. And so if you see a young lady and you want to marry her, you don't get to abuse her. You get to marry her. You give her an opportunity to shed all that other stuff. You let her mourn for a month, and then you get to marry her, which gives her all the rights and privileges of a married wife in the nation of Israel. And then if it doesn't work out, she's continually doing this, she's continually doing that, then you can no longer be married to her, but you can't kill her. You can't do You have to let her go free. That gives so much dignity and value to those women who in this culture at this time, outside of the nation of Israel, had none. It is amazing how radical that document was for women. Verse 15, suppose a man has two wives, but he loves one and not the other. Jerk. <laughs> and both of them have given him sons. And suppose the firstborn son is the son of the wife he does not love jerk that what when the man divides his inheritance he may not give a larger inheritance to the younger son the son of the wife he loves as if that were his firstborn son he must recognize the rights of the oldest son the son of the wife he does not love by giving him a double portion he is the firstborn son of his father's virility and the rights of the firstborn belong to him. Yet again, God is very interested in justice. Verse 18, suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father or mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, 
The father and mother must take the son to the elders, and they will hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Listen to this. Then all the men of the town must stone that broski to death. In this way, you will have purged the evil from among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. Can we just pause for a moment? How many of you parents tonight for your family devotion is going to say, well, excuse me, everybody. Can we open up our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 18 through 21, please? Uh, little, little, little Timmy, can you read that for us? <laughs> now, I read one time that in all the recorded history of Israel, never once was this needed to be done. Okay, so never once did this actually happen. But there was this place because any of you parents know sometimes the way our kids kind of act in seasons is our fault. Like, we, we kind of messed up, right? We need to course correct. Sometimes, we're the very best we can, and they just turn out to be crazy. <laughs> and so even then, God cares about the details. But once again, in all of recorded Jewish history, there was never one time that that actually had to happen. God's just saying, hey, by the way, parents, if you ever have a problem with your kid, turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 21 <laughs> and tell them what's going on. Here we go, verse 22. Let's finish it up. If someone has committed a crime worthy of death and is executed and hung on a tree, the body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body that same day for anyone who is hung is cursed in the sight of God. In this way, you will prevent defilement of the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. And yes, that is a type and shadow of Jesus who is to come. Jesus actually uses this in the New Testament to say, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. He was saying that one day, I'm going to be crucified on a cross made out of a tree, and I am going to take on the curse of sin for the whole world. That comes from Deuteronomy chapter 21. What is the lesson we can learn from this today? And that is, God is intimately interested in every facet of your life, no matter what it is. If it's important to you, it's important to God, and he has a principle to lead you in the right direction. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you hold the entire universe in the palm of your hand, Yet you are interested in us. You're interested in our relationships. You're interested in our physical healing, our emotional health, our, our, our just everything. If it bothers us, it bothers you. And you always lead us into your goodness. I pray you open our eyes, Heavenly Father, to see you more every day and to see that you love us more than we can imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 30 says this, Today I've given you the choice between life and death. Choose life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. My prayer is today, you will choose life. I'll see you tomorrow for Deuteronomy chapter 22.